0: yo 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 what's happening everybody welcome to the ltk show my name is luther kangas thanks for joining thanks for listening today i sit down with a good friend of mine and somebody that i've really gotten to know and and respect over these last seven years now i guess it is Uh, his name is adam barda he's the owner of the minnesota blizzard baseball club and we sat down today and, and really just talked about his baseball life, how he got into baseball. Uh, we talked about little high school baseball and college and some stories and and also how he got into coaching and how he started the blizzard, how the blizzard came to be and came about. So I had a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy it. So here it is, LTK with Adam Barda. All right, sweet. Actually, we're going to start out. With, since we're both ball players, we're both ball guys. I figured we start with a little warm up since that's what we do. Love it. You know, Heine's butt kicks. Let's go. Okay. Jog to center. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Love it. (laughs) I'm gonna have a hard time not (laughs) laughing through this whole thing because I I I love talking with you. It just (laughs) puts a smile on my face no matter what the subject is. It's like a, it's like I'm a some kind of skit. (laughs) <laughs> Every time I talk with you, I, I love it. Uh,
0: all right. Let's roll. So just kind of eight quick questions here. Um, Subway or Jimmy John's?
1: Oh, man, it, it's tough right off the bat. I'm going – it sort of depends who I'm with. I, I'm usually a Subway guy, but my son likes Jimmy John's. So I, I'm, I'm getting into the Italian, but – it's so it sort of depends, but – for the most part, it's Subway.
0: I'm the same way. I just, you know, Jimmy John's doesn't heat it up for you. I like those hot subs, you know? <laughs> <It's just> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the roasted chicken. Yeah, A little healthy. spinach.
0: Yeah, everything, yeah. It's good. It's better. Um, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Diet, Coke. Diet uh, Coke. I don't drink
1: sugar pop. Okay,
0: that's good.
1: You know, I bartended for... A long time and I drank about a liter Mountain Dew a night when I bartended and after I got out of bartending I qu- I quit drinking I, qu- I quit drinking sugar pop cold turkey and went to s- a straight diet I was I was on like three three or four diet Mountain Dews a day when I started <laughs> the academy and then I quit diet Mountain Dew cold turkey which is really hard and yeah then I started drinking coffee oh okay I, I went totally off of what the more natural
0: was. source of caffeine. Yeah. yeah, Okay, that's good. What about I you? St- well, I still do pop. I still do like I'll do diet Dew or diet Dr Pepper. Those are kind of my my two, and I don't do it much. Maybe like one a day. You you still call maybe it,
1: you still call it pop or soda?
0: Pop Popinski soda soda Popinski. Uh I call it pop, and I got made fun of when I moved on to Arizona. Actually. It, like one of the moms who I was coaching her son at the time, and she was actually from Minnesota. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a pop." She's like, "Ha! You, you call it pop? That's cute. <laughs> That's funny." And I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't lost that." Um, Metallica or Guns and Roses? Metallica. Yeah, with a bullet, just with,
1: boom. Yep. Metallica. <clears throat> my one of my first cassette tapes ever got my second cassette tape first one was rat out of the cellar which i found that on a uh, on a, like a curb literally found it on a curb somewhere is my first tape i ever had was rat out of the cellar my second tape that i ever got metallica ride the lightning it it changed it changed me i loved it my mom hated me for it she, so didn't I... hate, she didn't hate me for it but she's like my son went from the beach boys which we listen you know we listen like Mozart. Peaceful, List, beachy, beachy,
0: it's yeah. all good, you know, right? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so like hard, heavy straight, metal rock. Pretty much.
1: That was old school, like long hair Metallica days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, so about, all, you, uh, I, what about you? Why? You seem more like a Slash guy to me. You and Slash would be a good... This one's hard for me because like, I feel
0: like there's more songs of Metallica that I like. There's probably 20 to 30 songs of Metallica that I can listen to pretty easily. But Guns N' Roses, I feel like, is a little more top heavy. Like there's eight songs probably or so that I really like. So it's kind of a tweener. I don't know if I were to pick, I'd probably say Metallica just because I can listen to them longer and they're just they've been around longer too. They've done more music, which is impressive.
1: There's, yeah, their library is a little bit, a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, they've got a, a ton little of more albums.
1: extensive.
0: Yeah. Very good. That that's a tough one. I th- I was I was interested by that though. So I thought maybe you'd be a GNR guy. Guess not. Um, Jeter or A Rod? Jeter. Jeter. He's yeah. Not a cheater. Jeter's not a cheater. Yeah.
1: You know, I don't know. I like A Rod. I like A I, like I I like listening to him talk about baseball. So like from a commentary standpoint, I actually like A Rod. Yeah,
0: he gets pretty adept. He's obviously yeah. been around the game a, a ton, so yeah, he's yeah. good.
1: And he's real relevant in regards to, like, what he talks about. He keeps it simple for probably the novice viewer, but then he also appeals to, like, you know, baseball-minded listeners as well where, like, he can get sort of complicated. It's like, oh, okay, tell, tell me more. And then, of course, he's got a little history to back it up. But I don't know, from a playing standpoint, it's sort of hard to not go with Jeter, you know?
0: Yeah, just Mr. Consistency. Three hundred every year. The old gift baskets for the
1: <laughs> for the for, th- for the ladies
0: for the female friends. Yep, good stuff. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Jeter's kind. He's he's kind in that yeah.
0: way. he's a giver. <laughs> right, he's thoughtful. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a generational question. Uh, uh, Griffey Junior. is my favorite are you player are you growing up.
1: I'm old. Is that no, my generation.
0: Well, kind of actually, our generation we'll call yeah, it that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Griffey Junior. or Mike Trout.
1: it's oh, a good one. That's a good one. I. It's almost a fifty-fifty. And I. I. But what I have to do is I have to give it. I have to give it to Griffey today, because Griffey has got.
0: 15 years, 12, whatever it was, yeah. 17, 18, I don't even know how many.
1: In his, his Hall of Fame ballot, his numbers stand for themselves. Now, Trout has maybe put up as impressive or more impressive numbers than Griffey at certain at those certain benchmarks in his career. But, you know, Trout has he's, – he's got – I mean, he's obviously the best player in the game. And by the time it's all said and done, Trout might end up being the best player in the game, but today it's Griffey because his length of work today is larger than Trout's. That's what that's that's. And Griffey didn't lift weights, so Griffey is always a good one for me to lean on, saying like, "Well, Griffey didn't lift weights, so why do I need?" That's to? crazy. That's a fact, huh? Like that's something he's come out and said. Yeah, I didn't
0: know that about him. Really? No, I mean he, I knew he was he, never cut or never jacked and stuff like that, but he just, like I'd never heard that about him. Yeah.
1: Now Griffey's obviously he's been on the DL for. I mean, he was how often was he hurt?
0: Especially which, the latter part of his career, right? Yeah, you and know, it really, once he got mid, early to mid thirties. He yeah. started to definitely wear down, and I think you can say something about that right there. Obviously, you got to work out, take care of your muscles, you know, be stronger, especially 162 games. That's interesting. I didn't know that about him.
1: I don't know if him working out would have alleviated those. I don't know. It may Maladies have or may or not whatever. have. But Yeah. Today, Griffey's numbers I don't know what his I don't know what Griffey's war is compared to Trout's. My my guess is that Trout's is probably higher.
0: Per season it's gotta be higher for yeah, sure.
1: But I think You know, from a, just, again, like, from a longevity standpoint, I think it's got to be Griffey. What do you think?
0: I mean, I don't want to cop out, but I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like, he's, Trout, if he stays healthy for seven more years, eight more years, he's going to be better than Griffey, like, for sure. Um, And he's going to put up better numbers. I like Griffey Jr. better, though. Like, and just kind of his like personality a played yeah he had the swag he's the first dude to like you know put his hat on backwards and like that became a thing like he he kind of in a way sort of changed the game you know from a, I i guess kind of a traditional into like the new i don't know a little more laid-back
1: style it's interesting him and him and jordan were sort of the two like mega superstars at sort of at the same time right yeah, weren't they? They were sort of they were yep. at the same time. Yep. We, Early we '90s grew up, we grew is up when up they both them. started to. Who are the Who are the two mega superstars today? Is, is it Is it Trout? Is Trout a mega superstar? See, I don't
0: think he. I don't he's know. the best player in the
1: game, but is he a mega superstar? Guy,
0: I don't think he is. I, I just don't think he's got kind of that personality and the X factor and the swag, like that thing that people really gravitate towards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, he's 100%. super consistent and super good. And uh, for how good he is, I think he's almost, in a sense, like underratedly good. But he's – yeah, he just doesn't have that. Like,
1: I don't know. Who do you think it, the it, mega it, – me, su- it's just a personality. Who do you think the mega superstar is? Because along with that, I th- when I think of mega superstar, I think you and I are in the same boat. Like, we're with – like, Griffey, you know, he's got his hat backwards – home run swing on every pair of shoes, and Jordan's jumping from the free throw line. Like Those are recognizable, iconic logos that are out there. So who is the baseball mega currently, superstar?
0: You're talking currently. Um, Man, I'm put on the spot here.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of... Is Lindor a mega yeah, superstar? Yeah, but I don't think he's... No. Can a pitcher be a mega superstar like a Max Scherzer, or or a Garrett Cole, or are those guys who are those guys have just phenomenal one years? Like, oh my God, that's Sandy Koufax. I don't think Koufax was a mega superstar, but I would, I would rank him as like him and Randy Johnson, top two left-handers of all time. Yeah. With Carlton, and I mean you got obviously a few others in there. Yeah, I don't know. Like,
0: I'm almost thinking of like, I don't know, like a like a judge almost too, because he's he's kind of on track to to be in that guy. Um, I I think the thing for me, like mega superstars, is you're you're really good, you know, on the court, on the field, whatever. But there's just that thing that like brings people to you, like Shaq,
1: right. like, the personality,
0: there's personality. Yeah, it's like, Trout's awesome, but he just doesn't – he lacks that part of it. Like Mickey Mantle, too. Like, as good of a player as Trout. Like, they're, yeah. you know, player-wise really good, but Mickey was just yeah. had a charisma about him that yeah. took him to
1: another level. So. I don't think Trout would be as good a player as just I, – I don't think – I think if you try to – if you get outside of your personality – Probably aren't able to perform at a high level. Like, if Trout tried to be, like, tried to get a a sound bite every day in the newspaper, like, he's the guy who says, like, he just, he's awesome. He's humble. He's like, yeah, my team really, hey, Mike, you had eight RBIs today. That's, you know, best career day. Like, well, yeah, but my, all my teammates got on base. Like, I give all the credit to them. Like, he, like, he, he's never looking for the, the sound bite, you know, which is awesome. I think that's what makes him the dude.
0: Yes, but on the same token for me, it's also what keeps him from being like the mega super superstar. I, yeah, you know, yeah. you got to mix in some controversy. You got to mix in, <laughs> right? Like if if you're going to get everybody to like I don't know, see what you're doing every day, yeah. There has to be some sort of like edge to you. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan, you know, he was yeah. I don't know, gambling, and, like, he had a few things, like, a, you know, a few crutches, if you will. Um, Trout's yeah. also a West Coast guy, too. More laid back and just... Well,
1: n- meaning, like, we don't see a ton oh, of his market games. Oh, market-wise. Yeah, market-wise, yeah. like the like the East Coast. Grew up on the East Coast, yeah. Yeah, he, like, just the time zones don't allow us... We get to see his highlights. We don't necessarily get to see him play and interviewed as much as we g- get to see... <clears throat> the east coast guys yeah you know? yeah yeah it's
0: interesting that was a that was a tangent man holy snakes we're halfway through this baby yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> what do we got here um all right let's go baseball fastball or changeup changeup inside or outside
1: it's a that's a okay you can't ask a pitcher of that but Bo- it's both right Live on the other half and knock them on their ass. The other part. Okay, fair
0: enough. I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, going I'll give inside. You that. I'll, I'll give you. I'll get give you. In the, the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the last one here of the warm up. We're good and loose now. By the way, uh, as a pitcher, get him to ground into an inning-ending double play or strikeout looking. Stri- what would you rather have? Strikeout looking. Is yeah. that a dumb question? <laughs> no, I guess. I guess. mean any inning, inning double play is because it's like defense is evolved. Hey, boom, we're off the field. Yes, let's yeah. go. We're out right of a jam.
1: Yeah, I, I I like I like the 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 backwards K. Gives your teammate. I mean, and you little, can just walk off
0: the field yeah. too and he's looking. A L- little
1: eye contact with the hitter. Yeah, I got you. Gotcha.
0: You were sitting curb and I just <laughs> dotted a bullet on the outer half for
1: you. Yeah. I like the warm ups. Those those like your old like you said, like the buck kicks, high knees, shuffle, shuffle, lead, hold, break, you're, um, babe.
0: <laughs> you hum, babe. kind get, yeah, you're mentally, well, physically ready to go, and you're I'm, mentally ready to go. You got to prepare. Today's episode is brought to you by LTKAthletic.com. That's my website. Go check it out, guys. Follow me on YouTube, also on Instagram, at LTKAthletic. I post educational content, some baseball videos. Uh, some golf videos, really just sports videos, athletic, to help you learn, okay? And I've also got some hats available, some gear on the way. Check it out, guys. I'd appreciate it. Learn, try, know, and achieve at ltkathletic.com. All right, folks. Now it's showtime. All right, sweet. Um, So we'll get into the meat of it here a little bit. Let's start out as far as baseball goes. First of all, where'd you grow up? How'd you get
1: into ball? I grew up in Lake Crystal, Minnesota, town of about 2,000 people. Uh, Lake Crystal is about it's 12 miles south of Mankato. Is that by ha- Blue Earth? Yeah. Like pretty
0: close to Blue Earth?
1: About an hour north of Blue oh, Earth. Oh, so Blue Earth is
0: way down there. Maybe okay. 45 minutes. that's a good baseball town, I know,
1: right? It is, yeah, very good yeah. baseball town. Blue Earth and Austin, and you got... Pipestone down there. Of course, you got Rochester and the, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good baseball area for sure. So I grew up in Lake Crystal, Minnesota, a little small town. <clears throat> baseball, oddly enough, was really big in our town, especially at the youth level. The, the, the little league, we only played in town. We had five, we had six teams, I think. Jeez Louise, we may, maybe we only had four teams, but it seemed to be big when we were younger. Like it seemed it
0: was thriving. It was kind of booming yeah, at the time.
1: It seemed to be like when the for
0: a small town it was big.
1: Yeah, in a small town it's big. And of course, when you're playing organized baseball at 10 years old in a, a town of 2,000, it feels like it feels like you're the only game in town. So I think <laughs> I think I just grew up with that passion, and we played baseball in the backyard every day. I played catch with my mom, you know, and. Uh, that's, that's sort of. We just played it every day. We'd play baseball, and then we'd go swimming, and then we'd get out of the water, eat lunch, and then we'd go play home run derby. And we had a bunch of oak trees in our backyard, so you sort of had to hit it through the oak trees, and you couldn't hit it the right field because then it'd go through a window. We had a dog fence past the oak trees, <laughs> so you had, and you couldn't pull it because you'd hit it into the lake. So you had to drive the ball <laughs> in the middle. And That's the best
0: kind of home run derby. Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: keep it fair, the oak trees fall. Yeah, that's
0: (laughs) awesome. It's phenomenal.
1: So yeah, that's how I mean that was that was the beginnings of my baseball career. Was playing for the Lake Crystal Bank. That that's Okay, that was like the local like the local bank. I played for bank every year. L C Bank.
0: Nice. Was that like the team?
1: We won it. Yeah, we won it. I mean, like, oh we got bank
0: tonight. (laughs) That means you're in for a tough ball game.
1: Uh, they, I think they made the teams pretty even. I, I honestly yeah. don't remember. But it was a lot of fun. The tournament was a lot of fun. Like relative to like the Blizzard and what we do now, it's, it's it's no comparison. I mean, shoot, we're going to Las Vegas and Florida and California to play ball games. Like I thought when we went to the Little League field, that was five miles away instead of two miles away. I was like... Hey mom, you gotta you gotta drive me to the ball game tonight because I can't. Got a road game on the field. (laughs) That's we got a road game. (laughs) You got a road (laughs) game at the Legion Field. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it just everybody loved playing. Whoa! So I know
0: you mentioned your mom. Who who were like your early baseball influences? That was who got you into baseball. Who kind of was like your
1: you know, I th- I think my peers, like my my buddies, like everybody just played baseball. That's just sort of what, sort of what you did. Like, I don't know, some kids, uh, some kids were motorheads, and some kids were skateboarders, and some kids, uh, you know, or
0: athletes, ball players.
1: Yeah, and uh, we played baseball. You know, ho- there hockey wasn't a big deal. There wasn't like, from a school standpoint, there wasn't a lot of the extracurricular sports that that other bigger towns had like hockey we had pond hockey we just like we did not have organized hockey we had an okay basketball team and an okay football team and we were decent and our wrestling program has always been good i was never a wrestler yeah and i just didn't i just didn't gravitate towards those things i was more of like a a team sport type of guy and i know baseball sort of Individualistic when the balls hit at you, or when you're in the batter's box, or you're the guy who has to pitch. But it was a real, like it was a real team piece of it for me, and that's sort of how my family was. You know, was a real team. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I know it's a real basic question, but it's a complicated one too. Because why why do you grab Why does a person gravitate towards baseball and not another thing? You know, I just I gravitated I just gravitated towards it because it was. Hey mom, I'm getting throwing the throwing my glove on my bat, put it over my shoulder, and I bike into the open grass area on the other side of town. We just play baseball all day, no cell phones, no nothing. Like you had to go knock on people's houses to and round them the up. Yeah, and to round them up, like everybody knew. Like all right, tomorrow at 11 a.m., we're meeting at uh, mm-hmm. Robinson Park. So
0: literally, just Sand Sandlot style, mm-hmm. just like the movie. That's awesome. Um so progressing like into high school like when did you kind of like start to realize okay this is like my thing i want to <laughs> pursue this i feel like i'm a pretty decent player talk yeah. about like high school and even like maybe into kind of your recruiting process if and when that started
1: yeah i think you know the two people uh john matson uh the head coach at Lake Crystal Welcome Memorial, LCWM. He was my first real – well, Rod Eisenbrand was my first <laughs> Little League coach. But the, I, in into high school, um, three people actually. It would have been uh, John Mattson, who's the head coach, uh, Paul Shum, who's actually the head coach at St. Michael right now. Um, oh, yeah, then, I know
0: Shum. I actually yeah, know him.
1: It, it, That's he's cool. awesome. And then uh, John Rogge, um who – I'm going to screw this up. And if he hears this, he's going to be mad. I th- it, I'm pretty sure he's at Plato. I know he's a school teacher. But John John Rogie was a pitcher, pitched for the Golfers. And all three of those guys were huge influences in my life. That's pretty Ro- good staff, sounds like. Really I mean, really guys that staff. went on to. Yeah, I was you know, really, really fortunate because Rogie taught me how to compete. You know, uh, sometimes uh, not knowing how to compete isn't a bad thing. I think sometimes. Sometimes I think it's inherent in some kids to really compete and really hate to lose. Uh, You know, I think I had that in me, but Rogi sort of brought that out of us a little bit more. You know, like winning was really important, you know. And I don't think it's a bad thing to want to win. I mean, that's sort of why you play. Start you
0: to dig a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. care a little more, yeah.
1: Yep. And then Paul Shum, who I'll be forever indebted to, like really, he got me – recruited basically um Paul Shum knew Art Westfall the head coach at uh, Bethany Lutheran College was a division one in Mankato and Shum (coughs) called coach Westfall and said hey you got to come see this kid pitch he's you know he's a senior and come see him he's he's you know he's whatever our best pitcher and and uh so Westfall came and saw me pitch and that was really the beginning and end of my recruiting process is Lake Crystal, Minnesota. Like, nobody's coming to Lake Crystal to watch anybody right, play. Yeah. And uh, I pitched. Westfall came. I was super nervous. I thought, like, I didn't know anything about recruiting whatsoever. I just knew a college coach was coming to watch me. Like, I had a shot, right? And uh, I, I pitched okay, pitched pretty well. And uh, But towards the end of the game, I blasted a kid in the head and knocked him out. Really, and it's the first thing I thought when I hit him. Was, wasn't like oh, my, I hope I, that guy is okay. Oh,
0: shoot, I just, I just, offers I, I just off the blew, table.
1: Right, I just blew my chance yeah. of, of getting a phone call, and um, but Westfall called me the next day and he's like, "Hey, like how you pitch?" And I was like, "Hey, I like a uh, like how you throw side on guys?" And <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Yeah," I didn't mean to hit him. And he's like, "No, no, the... so it it was obviously I'd blown that up in my own head, but he yeah. had said. Uh, like hey we'd like to have you come on a visit really interested in recruiting you and you know having you play at bethany and that's how it started i went and visited i don't know a couple weeks later and showed me around campus and i pretty much said yes i think on the trip i wasn't recruited by anybody else i didn't know where else yeah to... it's
0: funny like i not to make this about me but i really wasn't recruited much recruited much either in high school and I was a decent player but like at the time if anybody would have shown me attention or love or would have been like hey like what you're doing come check us out I would have signed on the dotted line myself yeah so I kind of had to do my own recruiting and go decide where I wanted to play but um so you you ended up at Bethany long story short you did I got got a
1: (coughs) there um I got a I got a scholarship to to play and then I (laughs) I don't know, somehow he got me an art scholarship. I I, I got a, I got
0: a photography <laughs> Did you Did you take art in high school? Yeah. A little bit?
1: Because it was required.
0: Right, <laughs> but he found it. Yeah,
1: we got yeah. <laughs> I showed him what, I mean, I, I literally showed him like 10 photographs and be like, oh, I think, you know what? I think you'd be you a good talent for here. an art scholarship here. Which, which you know, it's a bunch of bull crap. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe he was right, but there were, garbage I mean I know my own work it was it was bad <laughs> high school work but you know he somehow some way pulled some strings boom here you go yeah. art scholarship and there we go so that that's that's how it started and and uh you know mankato's obviously 12 miles away so uh I didn't move that far away from home but it felt like a long way from home because my mom, my mom treated it like that. She never called. She wanted to sort gave of gave you space. She gave she gave me space. like so you
0: spread your wings. Let you grow yeah. and learn and fail and all that. And get yep. into trouble, whatever. Yeah.
1: So she she didn't really call unless I called. So it was that that was it. at you know at the time it sort of sucked because I was like oh you know why is my why is mom calling, and of course afterwards you're like well that's probably probably the best thing that she could have done for me. You
0: yeah. Because it right. sort
1: of let you. Like okay, figure this figure this stuff out on your here's
0: own. Here's life, here's life. Now go, yeah, go get it. Go figure it out. You know, know out. the number.
1: You know the, you know the rotary <laughs> rotary dial number. In
0: an emergency, call me. I'm here. Yep.
1: <laughs> That's cool. So, all
0: right. So talk about like Bethany that experience, because as far as I know, you wound up at Scholastica. Yeah. So,
1: okay. Yep. Uh, we had we had uh, three really good. Uh, three or four really good pitchers my freshman year. Um, uh, Chad Hemingover, uh being one of them. He he was in my class and and uh, really the only freshman who really pitched a lot. And um, we had a, we had three or four sophomores who were really good. So I I saw I had thirty innings my freshman year, which wasn't bad. I, I was actually pretty happy. For a with, couple guys that were in front of you, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I got about thirty innings and you know I learned how to pitch a little bit more you know learned how to be a little bit more efficient and learned why and when and who and how to to attack hitters and my coach Art Westfall he's really strict you know my first day my my first day of of practice with uh with coach a kid from one of my teammates ran a 60 time and he he swears after a 60 time and like all right, Papstein, go go run. And the kid had to run the rest of practice. Papstein, because he uh, he he dropped an old F bomb after a bad ah. sixty. So it, I, I learned about okay, this is a
0: discipline. Keep it classy. Yeah, respect. yeah. We,
1: we had to uh, we had to scrub the sweat stains out of our hat with a toothbrush at the end of practice. Really? We had to, that's we had old to, school. Yeah, we had to shoe black. We had to polish our shoes before really? every game we had to scrub the grass stains out of our our pants which we all thought was the dumbest thing in the world like why who cares about sweat stains like w- my spikes are just going to get dirty in two minutes exactly like, yeah wh- why they shined up and why am i you know can't i just throw these pants in the wash and it'll come right. out but what he taught us was preparation and the mental piece because you know when you shoe blacked your shoes you had to take five minutes of you could you you couldn't do anything else except polish your shoes and the point was besides looking like a professional
0: you're already preparing for the game
1: you're mentally you're mentally preparing and scrubbing the salt stains out of your hat after practice sort of gave you a little bit of downtime to sort of recap what happened in practice and so he huh. taught us so many things that you you sort of recognize after the fact and you don't realize it sort of when you're in it, you know.
0: So a very cerebral guy. Yeah, but right. I mean, (laughs) like even pitching-wise, right, he wants you to kind of think more of the game and kind of, how should I attack this hitter, it sounds like. And then on top of it, like decompressing after a game, preparing. But also very,
1: very, very sharp. Uh, And he's also quick to discipline harshly if you were a knucklehead. He would never yell at you for something stupid. He would yell at you because he deserved it. So, like, yeah, like we're our first trip down to Arizona. Me being the rookie, I had to bring the batting practice balls. We have the we have the throwing balls. We have the batting practice balls. We have the tennis balls. We have, you know, three different buckets of balls. Yep. I for, I forgot the batting practice balls, and so he's like, all right, like all the
0: way down. You forgot them?
1: No, I left them like in my, my hotel field. room. Oh, I was gotcha. responsible for them. They're in the hotel room. We drive to the field in two different vans and uh, about to take BP. And, hey, coach, you know, man, I'm I'm sorry. I I forgot the (laughs) balls. He's like, all right, everybody on the line. And so I get on the line with everybody. And, you know, the sophomores are swearing at me under their breath like, Barty, you mother. Oh, my God, you son of a. I'm like, Uh uh, I just felt like the lowest totem pole, right? And I was like, all right, I'm going to beat every. I'm going to. I'm going to make sure that I run the hardest and I'll make sure that I beat everybody. And it's 95 degrees sun's blaring down on us. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll wear it. I'll make sure I run the hardest. If I hope I'm the first guy to puke. So like people know that I'm feeling it, you know, I apologize. And before we start running Westfall's like, hey, all right, buddy, come on over here. You sit on the, you sit on the bucket. I was like, no, 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 coach. I'm, I'm running with everybody. He's like, no, you can, <laughs> you can sit here on the bucket of tennis balls, and you can watch everybody run, which was twice as bad. Oh yeah, because now I couldn't, I couldn't accept the punishment with my teammates. Yeah, so that's I learned, tough. So I learned, so I learned, you know, so I learned very quickly. Number one, to never forget the balls, <laughs> <laughs> but also realize, like, you know, there's some order. and you know, it's just strict. You know, being strict yeah. is. So that's sort of how I. It's also how I grew up. So it didn't bother me that coach yelled at me. When I was a, you know, a knucklehead or yep. an idiot, you know, I remember giving up an O two home run, O two foul ball home run went through a across the street window, and I thought it was sort of funny. I was like, that's the furthest ball I've ever given up. You know, thank God it was foul. And Westfall would come out and he's like, if you ever throw a pitch like that again, you'll never pitch in this program. You don't Like ever... an O two pitch. Yeah, like an O two fastball. Yeah. Oh, I basically just tried to throw it as hard as I could right down the middle, and I was, you know, some naive, stupid, moron freshman yep. who thought he this stuff was good, and he walks out to the mound and says, "You, if you ever try that again, like I was trying to muscle up and try to be the man, and I didn't yeah. really do what I was supposed to do, which was throw a better pitch, right? So it wasn't necessarily the fact that I made a mistake; it was just attention to detail, was was a big deal, of you know, polishing shoes. The, it just helped you with execution on the field too so it was like really it was tough I mean it it was hard like playing for playing him it was hard but it was all but westfall still sends me a birthday card every year on my birthday with not like a hey happy birthday coach like he'll write me a full card's worth of information really? like hey hope you're having a great day looks like you've been doing you know he'll just it's meaningful and yeah he means a lot to me and a lot of the things that we do in the blizzard program are like a big piece of it's from, from him and I love that's him. That's awesome. You know, he was never like not a, not a bad, he was an unbelievable coach. So
0: yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's good stuff. How, so like, how did you transition from Bethany to uh Scholastica then?
1: Yeah. So that, that's a, uh, that's another great story. Uh, um. So my so-, so freshman year through thirty innings, and um, I think I was like zero and one or one and one. I don't even know if I had a win my first year, but year two, um, I had a really good year. Uh, at that point, I was sort of one of the one of the guys, you know, and and pitched really well, and we had a really good team, and and uh, we were one game away from going the World Series. So from a team standpoint. It was awesome had a great a great couple of catchers uh Brad Stromdahl one of my best friends he caught for me so I, I owe a lot to him and he's a head coach at Georgia State right now and uh, we still we still talk to this day and you know uh, heaven overs on that team Tony Camps John Ojampa I mean there's some there's some dudes on that team but so from a team standpoint we did really well so I owe a lot of my success to those guys but uh I, you know I guess at the end of the season i you know, my numbers just sort of stacked up, did pretty well and was recruited by several schools, several schools and uh, um, took a couple visits. Uh, and one of my visits was up to St. Scholastica, which I sort of went up there um, just as a... Uh,
0: courtesy visit I'll yeah, cross a little, it off the list a it's bit. one of the schools it's
1: yeah it's like my mom wanted me to go up there I think just like hey this is a good opportunity it's a good academic school it's a good it's a good everything you know you should do you know, yeah like, eh, Duluth it's further north yep you know they don't have a home field they didn't have a the weight room was, was is as big as an office and uh, they practice in a gymnasium you know, not, not not a field house like a high school. Like a, their college gym was like a high school gym. You know, yeah. it sucked. I mean, the, the the amenities and everything would point you in the direction of like Don't all go the here. things. This of, is not a like, baseball school, right? And um, I met with John Bags. John Bags is the head coach. Uh, John Bags is the head coach, and um, we've we visited at the Copper Top cafe in Duluth and we met for about two hours and he sort of ran me through like here's where we've been here's where we are here's where we're going as a program here's where you fit in the mix here's our culture here's our values here's what I expect of you and this is what we're gonna do are you in or you out and that was a two-hour conversation wow and at the end I was like I like almost committed at the table
0: where do I sign
1: without it was a division three no scholarship no home field, their facilities sucked, and but they were really good, and they had a direction and a purpose, and their values and culture were very close to like just how I grew up, yeah, you know, and um, and he believed in me, and he wanted me, you know, which was you know really important, I think it's, that should be like probably the number one thing that a a kid feels out of a visit and i visited a couple more places and actually got scholarship offers from a couple more places. And it was a really easy decision. Just kept pulling you that way. Yeah. I called, I called bags the next day, left him a message and he called me back. He's like, are you, are you really coming? Like, is that, is it, I hear that right in the voicemail and (laughs) like, yep, I'm, I'm coming. And, uh, that was it. Turned out to be the best decision of my life.
0: That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. um, So I did a little bit of research as far as the Scholastica experience. Um, I don't know about junior year, but it sounds like the senior year was pretty unbelievable, huh? 99 team, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so was was it nominated into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. The the Scholastica Hall of Fame?
1: Yep, yep. That team was placed in the Athletic Hall of Fame, and that was a a big year. You know, that that year – didn't it kind of put
0: – I mean, Scholastica now is a very well-respected baseball program, and did that kind of set the tone for, like, yeah the that, last 20 years of Scholastica baseball, mm, essentially?
1: Yeah, you yeah you could make an argument that that 99 season was, like you said, I mean, that that's the one that really put us on the map from a national standpoint. We played in the national tournament over in Oshkosh. and know, some,
0: like, extra inning
1: games, and then they got red? Was it yeah. a couple 11-inning ball games or something? <laughs> yep, that? yep. We we played in the semifinal in the in the regional. Um and uh we ended up losing that game in twelve innings, six to five. Five to four, six to five. Uh but uh yeah, that, that team was that team was pretty phenomenal. Um I just you know, and like any great team, you you stay in touch with a lot of those guys. I'm flying to a wedding tomorrow with my college roommate from that team, Jeff Lottie. So we're, we're flying yeah. down to Arizona to go to Logan Chore's wedding tomorrow or this weekend, and, and oh, Lottie yeah. was – he was on that team. We graduated together. So, I mean, that squad was pretty close, and it was – that was pretty uh, – we set a – at the time, we set an NCAA record for shutouts. Yeah, I actually got the,
0: her – I got some notes here. Look how know, prepared boy. I am here. Right. What do we got? 13 shutouts Yeah, that season. You guys had a – 1.97 team ERA, which was third in the nation. And at that time, the bats were live, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, anything, under two, anything under two is phenomenal for that time. Yep. And then a 965 fielding percentage, which at the time was second in the nation. So to me, yeah. if you pitch, you play good defense, you're going to win a lot of ball games.
1: Yeah. The, the, that team was remarkable because behind the plate you had Justin Harriman, who played a little bit of pro ball. You had Leland Swenson, our shortstop, who played Pro Ball with the Texas Rangers, and then you had Chris Lapine in center field, uh, who played Pro Ball for three or four years, and then Jeff Lottie played second base, who played Pro Ball for So that's two four or three guys years. playing
0: Pro Ball out of division three.
1: Yeah, and then four f- and a
0: half with you. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then our, our top our top three pitchers on that Scholaska team ended up playing Pro Ball. And wow. It, 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 for me, I you know I played thirteen days at pro ball. I don't I don't count that really. I did Half it, a cup of coffee. Or yeah. Whatever you want. I gave up my grand slam against the Saints and the scoreboard shook, yeah, like, okay. and I was I was promptly released the next day <laughs> by uh, Ed Nottle <laughs> for the Duluth Dukes, who are now defunct. Maybe I was the one who made him go defunct. We were we weren't that good. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I got released. Real early on.
0: That's awesome. So, um, so that's pretty much it as far as your pro career. Like, right after the senior year, that wrapped up, you get a quick opportunity with.
1: Yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, you know, John Baggs knew Ed Nottle, the manager of the Duluth Dukes, who had been in pro ball for 50 years, and they had a really good relationship. And, you know, I, I uh, Bags got me a, a tryout, and I played with the team for a couple weeks, and and uh, was fortunate enough to get a, a, a win real early on, and and I I, I sort of defaulted into a win um, with a rainout, and I ended up pitching like one inning, and
0: the old vulture went, out, yeah, the, old, the old
1: vulture, and then, uh, yeah, and then another outing which I pitched like garbage in, and and um, I got released, but but. My, Bags got me that opportunity and Ed Nottle, you know, you know, everything's about relationships. So Bags got me the opportunity. I I did the best I could. And, you know, it was, I, I I shouldn't have been there in the first place, you know, but, but I was, and I was, I was thankful for it. I was, I was really grateful, But, but, but my real calling was shortly thereafter Bags that summer had said, Hey, I want you to move back to Duluth. Um, he got me an internship with the Mankato Mashers, the Northwoods team down in Mankato for their inaugural season. I was a sports writer for them. That's was that you... the
0: Northern League as well at the, the time? That's,
1: that was the Northwoods League.
0: Oh, the Northwoods, or so the yeah. college league.
1: Yep. The, and okay. the first year of the Mankato franchise, which now they're the Mankato Moondogs, they were called the Mankato Mashers okay. back in the day. 99 was their first season. And um, I was an intern I was a sports writer and did feature stories and stats and it was it was a it was a fun summer and, and uh but he called me that summer and said, Hey, come back and come back and coach. Move back to Duluth and coach with me.
0: For Scholastica.
1: For Saint Scholastica. Okay. And I, I was like, Absolutely. So I went back up there. Uh, he paid me in Perkins gift certificates <laughs> for the for the first year. So I think I literally I got five hundred bucks and Gift certificate. And you get to eat for. Got to eat Perkins whenever free. I wanted. And I bartended at three different places: at the Green Mill, and then the Third Rock in, in Superior, Wisconsin, the old Soup Town. Oh, yeah. And then a little. A lot of bars in Superior. Yeah, and then another little hole in the wall called the Dugout. Okay. And so I bartended at those three places just to. Uh, Make you know, some coin and stay afloat. To bre- yeah, break even, stay afloat. I always had free food at Perkins, and my life was good, man. I I, I uh, coached for two years, and you know that's when Bags and I became really close. Uh, was was when I started coaching, and and um, yeah, some of the best years of my life. You sick of Perkins now? No, I, in fact, I just took my son Spencer there f- for breakfast the other day. Yeah. I don't think. Were I,
0: you at the time, like in college? Yeah. No, yeah. it's just like ads, ah, food, whatever. It's food, you yeah.
1: Know, you're a college kid; you'll sort of eat whatever.
0: It's funny. I worked at Domino's for a couple of years, delivering Zaz, delivering pizzas, and <laughs> I uh. I
1: bet you got some good. That's a whole podcast in itself, right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I got a couple of stories, I guess, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I got sick of it after a little while. I'll eat it now. It's not the best pizza in the world. I was just. All right, if so you got.
1: I want to hear your number one pizza delivery story, like, and I, I want to hear a good one. Like, um like did you get did you ever get robbed? Did you ever walk into like a I never got
0: robbed. Okay, so there was one time where it was it was right around the Easter, okay? So i I got a delivery to this house in White Bear and it's a pretty decent sized delivery, there's I don't know, five pizzas. And I walk up to the house, ring on the door, but there's a bunch of cars outside. So I'm yeah. like, Okay, something's going on in here. Pull up, knock on the door, whatever. Somebody comes to the door. I could tell, like, there's some noise in the background. There's some stuff going on. I'm like, all right, hey, that's uh, 86.50. Okay, boom, they pay, sign, give me the tip, whatever. Hey, thanks. Hey, uh, why don't you come in here for a minute? I'm like, okay, what's going on? What are you guys? What are you guys doing? They're doing some like Easter egg roll. So like, they have these ramps set up, and they do these races, right? So they take an Easter egg one on one, whatever. Yeah. Everybody had their own personal egg. How old were these people? They were probably thirty ish right around there okay. so friends from college or whatever got together and had this Easter egg race I don't know Wow so they invite me in and like hey man you're up like pick an egg I'm like okay so. Grab an egg out of some basket, and next thing you know, like all these people are yelling, like, Hey, let's go, we got the pizza guy, whatever. What's your name? Luth, let's go, dude. Come on, man. So, whatever, I roll against somebody. I take them on, and I can't remember. Maybe I won. I'm not sure. And I roll, I win, and say, Hey, all right, hey, you want a shot? And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm driving, I'm delivering. I probably shouldn't, whatever. <laughs> Hey, 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 getting high fives whatever having a good time and then like one of the dudes is like uh, hey Luther you single and I'm like yeah yeah right now yep I am he's like well this is Amy what you uh what did you guys get at so it's <laughs> like whatever I get this girl's number I don't know what happened we never like went out but then I like I leave and I walk out and I'm like, dude, what the schmacks just happened there? That was like a crazy freaking minute and a half. And I get in my car, I'm like, holy balls, that was. It's kind of a, a it's boring ending, I guess. I didn't cap. So you rolling well, the Easter
1: egg rolling contest with I 30 Some eggs.
0: I like. I don't know. Probably. I don't know if I did crush a beer or not. Who? I, <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, I get. Some girl's number and next thing you know, it's say, like, hey, okay, that was that was probably my best, most memorable delivery. That's it pretty was, good. That's yeah. a good story. It was interesting. It was a fun job, man. I actually like doing that job. Delivering Zaz? Yeah, you're you're busy, you're moving around, you're you know, you're talking to people, you get tips. You know, it's you walk out with cash.
1: It's, it's a good job. It's, it's it is a good gig. I think everybody should be a server of some sort. <laughs> I think that should be a requirement. Yeah, of all human beings is that they have to serve in some capacity. Like they, I'm talking, like be a, a bartender, a barback, uh, a server at a restaurant, a pizza delivery guy. Because you, you have you got to learn. see
0: the other side of the coin. You know yeah. how how it works.
1: Yeah, it's it's because it's a pretty humbling experience. You know, hour one you could be. You could be dishing out to a bunch of construction workers, you know, and realize, okay, you know, it, it, you some, sometimes you have a preconceived idea of who people are, you know. And what I found in the service industry is quite the op- – I worked in a biker bar for a long time. Yeah. And those bikers, when I first started working there, I was pretty – That is, that was – that was one that was pretty intimidating cuz we'd have 10 bouncers on on Friday Saturday. So it was a pretty it was a pretty rough bar. Yeah. So you you'd have you'd have a certain portion of bikers who were pretty rough around the edges and you also have another portion of bikers who were just the nicest people in the world. And you thought that they were going to chop your head off when when they walked in the bar. They look that badass you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, like I don't even want to walk over to this guy." And you come to find like He'd sit down at the bar, like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going? How's your day?" And you know, you, you you meet a gentle giant
0: underneath you know, and, the and exterior, yeah.
1: Underneath the leather jacket, you know, and Bad the tattoos, and the bones. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and so, <laughs> but those are those are like one of a hundred lessons you learn in the in the serving serving industry. You yeah, know? people
0: are people, you know. At the end of the day, and yeah, you just gotta get that other side of okay what's this person's day like how come he's late why is this pizza late well, you know yeah so now if a pizza does go late or you know if i order a pizza i'm like okay they're probably busy they're price slammed he must have had one that was really close that he tried to zip to first yeah and you start to understand it so yeah i think that Pe- would be
1: people are Trump people
0: should, should think about
1: that's a good life quote L-L-K.
0: At the end of the day, people are all people. I mean, as far as they're. <laughs> it's brilliant, and it? It's like a Yogi Berra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people are people, man. <laughs> people are people. That's a good. Uh, that's a book. That is. That's a coffee table that, book. What is it? People are people. And it's just. It's going to be you and me taking pictures of bikers and pizza delivery guys <laughs> and construction workers. Getting them and all it's together. flip the pages, and the pages will just. Every page will just say. People are people, bro.
0: <laughs> uh, cripes. I love it. What the schmacks? Where were we here? Um, Okay, so back to ball. Yeah. You wrap up pro ball. You get into coaching. Um, a couple of years with Scholastica. Yeah. How did the blizzard like come about, or how did you find out about it? How did you get – entangled into that yeah
1: oh, that's a good question so after after I was done coaching at St. Scholastica I came down to the Twin Cities in 2002 and I coached one year for lunch McKenzie at Concordia St. Paul he had asked me to come on and I'm really fortunate lunch is a great human being and I owe a lot to him because he had asked me to start doing some lessons some group lessons at his place in Minnetonka I think at the time it was called Baseball USA and um, so I did lessons twice a week for a couple hours. and it's just nice to get a couple extra bucks, and did did okay. And, and uh, it was just fun, you know. I, I really enjoyed it, but quickly got out of it because doing lessons four or five hours a week just wasn't cutting it. I got a full time gig done at this health management company called Stable well Health Management, and worked there for a couple years. In the meantime, my College roommate said you should talk to a guy Darren hansen up in Rogers. He has a couple batting cages and he might be looking for a guy to do instruction. I said, like, "Well, I've never done one-on-ones before. Like I, you know, he's a column Oh, so you're
0: doing group lessons with lunch, and then this yeah. would be an individual opportunity. Yeah, gotcha. So,
1: I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll give him a call." So I, Darren was up in Rogers. I was still working in egan I was living in in Lauderdale, which is basically a Rose Roseville slash Minneapolis. And um so I met Darren, he's like, Hey, can you start doing some lessons here? And so I, I started doing lessons under through Sports Diamond. Um Darren Hansen owns Sports Diamond, it's a sports shop. He sold bats and help, yeah. you know, just baseball equipment. And the idea of course was to get kids through the door to go buy the equipment. The the money wasn't to be made off of the lessons. was that on Darren's in it? the program right now. His son Ethan is a twenty twenty one, really good player. Plays on our top top varsity team. Oh, okay. So okay. Darren is still <laughs> he's still connected to the program. I mean,
0: was that Sports Diamond Shop in St. Michael? Yep.
1: Uh, well, or was it Rogers? Was it, it off was of like
0: 241 there? Yeah, it, it, it was
1: off of Highway 101. Or
0: 101. Okay, I must be thinking of a different Two, spot. 241
1: was 241 was the next exit. So okay, um, gotcha. Uh, so I started giving lessons there, and it, it went okay. And, and uh, I got a job at the warehouse there. It was a place called LTI. Doug Joseph ran LTI, and he actually owned part, part owner helped. I don't know exactly how that arrangement went. Does doesn't matter, but the, the all of those were all in one building. And so I started working in the uh, parts shop like I was – Cutting like I was a die cutter, like I was cutting pieces of plastic and sorting pieces and shipping them out. is it, "It was it was nice because it was a consistent job. It was dreadful because it was literally counting. I mean, hundreds of parts a day, putting them in a box or taping it up. Hours. Oh boy, it was it was a rough LK. And yeah. um, so I was sort of doing that up at LTIs, doing sports time, and I was still working full time at Staywell and Egan driving from egan to rogers twice a week so i would drive an hour from egan to rogers which is doable because it was extra cash my wife was going to school during that same time my buddy johnny anderson had started a baseball academy in sioux falls so i worked in egan drove up to rogers gave a couple lessons there i drive down to sioux falls and do lessons friday saturday sunday all night all day all day drive back sunday night work at Staywell, 40 hours a week, drive up to LTI, do this die-cutting parts thing, and then do a couple extra lessons in the evening. That's crazy. Just loving life. Around the clock, yeah. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years until 2003. I set up three consecutive one-week-long camps in the summer. And I didn't even have a name for the camp. It was like Adam Barta Baseball Camp. It was something stupid, you know? And uh, I think eventually I came. It, was the, it became the Minnesota Baseball Academy pretty quick, and um, so I ran these Minnesota Baseball a- Academy camps, or I set them up, anyways. And I walked into the office at Staywell because I was a, I was, I was a marketing rep, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna quit." I said, "I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go do this job that I'm probably gonna fail at, but I need to try it because this is what I really want to do. I really like it." And, yeah. I, and I don't know if I said I, th- I think I'm good at it but I don't know um, but I really like it and I want to try it and I don't know if I'm going to make any money but th- I'm going to do this if I fail can I have my job back in a month so I'm quitting because I want to do something else but Quit will you, for a month. <laughs> will, you, will you hire me back if I completely drop on my face you know and uh, that was in 2003 I never went back Then I started doing it.
0: So uh, you started with the lessons, started rolling with the academy side of it.
1: A couple individual lessons, and I started setting up, just started to create connections with people. Getting some
0: camps going for a little bigger business, more people, more kids.
1: Yeah, bingo. And then that's how it started. I mean, it it was very organic. I I sort of started a business on accident. I was a baseball guy who started a business, and then – and I started enjoying the business part of it. Um, and then we our teams that we started a couple years later, two years later, were called the Minnesota Lumberjacks, oddly. Because um, there's a uh, uh, Lumberjacks team in town right now. Oh, yeah. With, in Great Lakes is called the Lumberjacks. We were the Lumberjacks back for a couple of years in 2000. And that was a
0: fall ball team? Yeah, just fall
1: ball. Just fall. In Ten like games. four, you said? Yep, uh, that would have been, oh yeah, oh yeah 04, 05, 06, during that time frame. Uh, the Minnesota Blizzard was a team run and organized by Minnesota Youth Athletic Services, MYAS, which are still around. Dawson Blank and Dave Esplian ran the Blizzard. And it was uh, a team that was run by about six dads, um, Sam Ryan, Joe Loftus. Corey Gleeden, Justin Gaminski, Max Casper, Travis Evian—those are some of the original guys on the on those Blizzard teams. Um, and that started in 2003, so the Blizzard was around for a couple of years, but it was much much different than it is now. I mean, back then it was—they're really good. They were awesome teams. Like, yeah. But it was one team of. It was one team of sort of all-stars ran by like six dads. And um, they were really good. And they sort of, I don't want to say they had a national presence, but they went to tournaments outside of Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you guys
0: travel at that point? Yeah. A little
1: bit. And at that time, like in 07-ish, MYS, I had created a really good relationship with them because, the academy, my academy, started running all of their winter camps. Um, and we had done, they had helped fill the the baseball camps for me. And and we did a rev, revenue share and it was a good relationship. And like in 07, MYS came to me and said, hey, listen, you know, this whole Blizzard thing for us, this team, like it just, it doesn't work. There's too much cost involved. We're, we're breaking even and losing money at it because we're spending too much time on this one thing that doesn't do well for us at all because they're costly. You know, they paid the coaches, they paid outside organizations for tryouts and for facilities and which from a business standpoint was, wasn't good for them, but that would have been all, you know, for, for a guy like me, it was sort of the opposite. Like that sort of income. Right. Yeah. They're like, well, will you, will you take over the bl- Will you just take it for us? Like, this would help us if you sort of take it off our hands. I mean, that's literally how the conversation went. Like, hey, will you just sort of do this? Because it's sort of a pain in the ass for us. Sort of. That's sort of yeah. how the conversation went. And, and the answer was like, well, let me think about it. You know, looking back, is was like, why would you? I mean, just say yes, right? Yeah. And uh, I talked to one of my buddies, Steve Doherty, Montana, who yep. our Coach of the Year award is named after Montana, right? Yeah. So I approached Montana and I said, hey, Steve, I can't do this. Like you got to do all myself. The... Yeah, I can't do this by myself. I'm running the academy, but I need uh, I, I need to have somebody who just runs the logistics, signs up for tournaments, does the flights, all the bull crap. And I said, I can pay you this much money, which is barely nothing. And I said, if you say no, then I'm not going to do it. But if you say yes, let's rock and roll. And he's like – he called me back like a week later. It's like, let's rock. Yeah? And that's how it started. Boom. But it was Steve Doherty saying, yes, I'll book the flights and sign up so for he, the tournaments. So he he kind of turned the key on it. He did. It was it – was, uh, looking back, like at the time, it wasn't <laughs> – I didn't even really look at it as a great baseball opportunity because it was more of like – at the time, it was more of like a hassle. Like, okay – Let's try it. Let's see how it goes, and then, of course, you know, here we are, 16 years later, rocking and, and running, rolling. moving, going. Yeah. Haven't had a real job for that long.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um, you're, you're taking me through like history lane here, LK. I haven't talked about this stuff in a long time. Yeah, that's what I wanted, man. Kind of the backstory and yeah. just how it
0: all came to be and and grew and. I guess that kind Did of leads you know the, any of that stuff. You, you knew. I've, I've heard a few different stories, but I haven't got like the complete end to end. I have probably heard a few different chapters uh, at different times. I'm, I'm giving you the book. Not like right. <laughs> I'm giving you Lake Crystal. Yeah, bank remember, until remember now. Right, and I remember Montana being a big part of it, and he was kind of the dude that that made it happen. But yeah,
1: he is a really. Uh, I mean, he is an important piece of the life of the blizzard. He's yeah. oddly enough now he's living in Montana with his wife <laughs> Janessa and yeah, he- that... Heidi. Heidi and I are are godparents to their kids and so I mean they're you know they're dear friends of ours. But it sort of sucks that he. had – I mean it's good for him. I'm, awesome, he's dude, happy. Yeah. It sucks that he had to move Awesome out there.
0: Dude. Yeah. yeah, he's phenomenal. So how like to to wrap up here? Um, how did uh, you know? How, how did you like? What are some keys for you like? as an organization, as a business, like to kind of make the blizzard thrive, you know, like what are some of your keys as far as like developing? Um, I know like one thing that I really like about you and like working with you is you seem to be a really open-minded guy who is smart, but at the same time can admit that, you know, I don't have everything figured out and I need other people to help me and the blizzard get to where it is. Maybe I just answered your question to yeah. a certain extent. <laughs> good job. That's but,
1: what I was gonna say. No, yeah. The, I mean, <clears throat> for me, it all starts with having uh, y- your core values and a good culture. And so the values start with sort of our Blizzard Big Five, which are acceptance, responsibility, number one. You know, control what you can control in your life and on the baseball field. Your attitude, and your effort, and how you prepare. Number two is loyalty to your faith, family, friends, and the game of baseball. And uh, number three is sort of wraps up a couple different things, but good body language, Um, play with class, be humble. Uh, Number four is synergy, which basically is good team chemistry. The, the, The sum is greater than the total of its parts, than the sum of its parts, which basically means... In order for a team to win, you can't just have one guy bunch of it. different pieces. You have to have a lot of people to make involved. it go and to make it work. Yeah. And that's like life too. Like you can't you can't just have
0: Can't do it all on your own.
1: Yeah. You can't. You gotta have And so you gotta have some team chemistry. You gotta have some team team bonding. And then number five is Kaizen, which is getting better in small increments every day. And we've had those five things are blizzard big five since the beginning of the business. And it's really simple to regurgitate those because I try, I try to live those things every single day. So the business starts with like what, what's made it thrive and survive. Like it's, it has started with that. And then just sharing that vision with really two sets of people. It's sort of the chicken or the egg. Cause I honestly don't know which one comes first that I, I I want to say the players are the basis and foundation of our program, but without great people to lead those players, like the the coaches, it's difficult to have those players survive long-term in the same program. So I think a little bit, it sort of starts with the coaches, like finding awesome people, you know, which takes time. <laughs> it's hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. So you got guys like yourself and Ben Moore and Jesse Thompson and Corey Gleeden and – uh, Andy Johnson and Eddie Gerald and Dale Robinson and Kellen Roll and Connor Olson and I mean just you could go all Ryan day Robinson, and I mean you're missing you could him. go all day yeah. with, with all these guys Greg Weber um, Ryan Burmeister Andrew Wojtus my goodness it, so it's I, I think it sort of starts with those guys because you, you have to have that base of great people who believe in your vision and want to and are also inherently want to help people baseball-wise and, like, value-wise, too. And then a real close second, if the coaches are 1A, then 1B, of course, is the kids. Yep. Like, got to find, you know, got to find good kids good off families, the field. Good families, yeah.
0: good people all around that are invested. Yeah. And, and
1: And then, like, from a business standpoint, you just you got to know what you're talking about. You got to have clear communication and and also be humble and know that, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to screw up, you know, because not everything is perfect. And, and also being okay with that as a business and as a leader, like knowing that, yeah, I'm going to try to avoid as many mistakes as possible and not screw up. But there's going to be times where like you just you just mess up. And not that that's okay, but I think the I don't in the service industry i i don't think people mind that you make a mistake or you screw up or you made a bad decision i think what matters is sort of what you do after that you know people want to know that hey you made a mistake and hey then you admitted it and then you got better from it and then your processes and procedures just became better so i think you know that's a that's a big piece of it and being honest with people and being loyal and I don't know. It's not it baseball. I try, I try to tell the talk about this all the time too. Is like, it's not rocket science. It's fun. You know, yeah. Baseball, like it, you try not to complicate the business more than it needs to be. You know, sometimes behind closed doors, like the business aspect of it, the numbers and trying to make things work is it's a, it's a business and it's gets a little clinical sometimes, but yeah, you, you try to avoid the clinical piece and try to, make sure that the people who are impacted uh, you do it as least clinically as possible like it's really at the end of the day it's all about relationships you mm-hmm. know like like the wedding i'm going to a wedding this weekend of a kid who i started coaching when he was 12 and like that is the biggest compliment i can i can get it's like kids feel like you were one percent important in the, in their life and that they care enough about you to send you an invite to their wedding. You know? Yeah. Or th- to their grad party or they ask you to write a letter of recommendation. It's I mean those things hit hit pretty hard in, yeah. in a good way.
0: It pays dividends, you know, down the road, but I think that kind of is you know, it, it's it helps with the sustainability of it. Obviously, if you're still having those relationships with that individual 10 15 years down the road that obviously means that you know the relationship is state you know sustained for 15 years Mm -hmm. that means that you're invested you're invested in the business you're invested in how the people around you are doing how they're developing as people and i think that i don't know i think if you you seem to have done a pretty good job of making like your business your life but in a good way not like you know, people working on their career and separating their family life from business. You know, I guess what I'm yeah. getting at is like, if you make it fun and and you're you're really invested in it and you care, good things are going to happen, and, and it's going to kind of work its work itself out.
1: Yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. A good lesson I learned from my mom early on is like, said just do what you love, do what you're good at and make that your focus first and the other things that are supposed to come like it like if the if it becomes a job it's going to become a job because you worked hard at it care, and you it's your it. focus the, the, you know the intent of I love baseball I love hitting fungos I love teaching pitching I love like having relationships with the coaches and then everything sort of fell into place after that yeah. you know and so I don't know if that – I mean, I, I I sort of did that accidentally and figured out later, like, oh, I did that ac- – I did it right accidentally, so let's try to do it on purpose from now on. <laughs> I think yeah. I figured that out. Or I, I th- figured – I don't have it all figured out, but that is one thing that I was lucky enough to sort of stumble on at the beginning was, hey, I got a, I'm got coaching with my friends and we're impacting kids and, huh, this is really – boy it sure seems easy at i mean it's really difficult, but at some point it's like wow this is pretty this is pretty easy and sometimes you sometimes you struggle to try to replicate that because it. you don't know how it happens sometimes, and you're like well you know when you read about successful people or you hear successful people talk it's it's like oh yeah i oh yeah i i've I've heard that before, just like hard work, you know i mean that's And hard work and screwing up and fixing your mistakes and working hard. (laughs) Yeah. And that forgetting to have fun along the way.
0: Right. And I think one thing I want to just to put a bow tie on the whole thing here is, like, I'm sure there's going to be a few younger athletes, baseball players, whatever, that might be getting recruited or hopefully in the future want to get recruited. I think um, from what I've seen is sometimes players get distracted by, like, who's looking at me? How come people aren't, you know, paying attention to me? What do I yeah. need to do to email? What do I need to do to reach out? How can I get recruited? What can I do? And yeah. I think the bottom line is, is focus on you, focus on getting better as a baseball player. Yeah. And if you go out and hit 450 and, you know, look good in the ball game and like somebody says, hey, like people will find good talent and good products yeah. at the end of the day. So if you focus on yourself, good things will come to you regardless, as long as you keep that your, your main focus, you know, and that kind of works with, with your business is like, I want a quality, like product business, good people, and then good things tend to happen on top of that. So, you know, I I would say if there's any kids out there, guys out there looking to maybe play college baseball, stay focused, stay at
1: it. Good things happen. To, to to piggyback that, like to stay focused on yourself. Like I actually use the word selfish when I talk to kids, and how I define that. to players is it's really easy to get distracted with a kid to your left or a kid to your right who's getting recruited. That you compare yourself. Yeah, and you sort of t- you take your eye off the ball a little bit. It's one of the most common mistakes I think kids make is they get sort of f- f- they get sort of taken away in the current of uh the recruiting process and they also get focused on well what is this guy doing what is that guy doing and what they're not focusing on is well what am i doing what am i doing to get better rather than like why is that guy getting recruited it's like well he's he's a pitcher and they're looking you're you're an outfielder why do you even care about what's going on with that guy right yeah and so to like that's a it's really interesting and good what you just said because there is you need to do a lot of self-reflection
0: and that is unfortunately where the internet went out on us so what ab was trying to say there is as a player have some self-reflection take some time to really think about what you want and what you need to do to improve yourself as a player and then good things are going to happen okay all right guys there it is adam Barta. appreciate you man. Thanks again for joining. That was awesome. I had, I had a blast. It's always a great time talking to you. And for those of you interested, check out Minnesota Blizzard, blizzardelitebaseball.com. Great program, great people, great coaches. I love it. I enjoy working there. And thanks again, AB. Love you. Hey, learn, try, know, and achieve. home oh, babe.